a lot of times people, no matter if it's our career or, you know, other careers, when they're faced with things like that, people tend to give up and try something else or move on or whatever. But all three of us in, in countless hundreds, thousands more in the profession who've done similar things, we keep coming back. And we keep coming back because there's something that we love about the profession that just keeps us going. Welcome to Archispeak, a fortnightly podcast about all things architecture. My name is Evan Troxell, and I'm one of your hosts along with Neil Pan and Cormac Phelan. Have you ever wondered what it's like to work in the profession of architecture? Have you ever worked with an architect? Have you ever wanted to be an architect? Maybe you're in school and don't know what you're getting yourself into, or perhaps you know exactly what it's like because you've been working in the profession for a long time, and you know that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or maybe, just maybe, you're planning on changing the world. Join us as we have a casual conversation about our passion, architecture. It's time for some Archispeak. Welcome to episode 85 of the Archispeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this episode of Archispeak is sponsored by ArcCat. And... We're also welcoming a new sponsor, DBI or David Brown International. We'll talk about both of them a little later in the show. But next up, we have a friend of the show to announce. We have a brand new friend of the show from Canada, and that is Colin Brown, who has been listening to us on his commute. And uh, we appreciate the donation, Colin, because it helps make this show possible. And we would love it if you go to arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate where you can donate, and anything over $5 will get your name read on the show if you so choose. And like I said, it helps make this show possible. So we really appreciate it. And that's it for the new friends of the show. All right. So, uh, Cormac, you had a topic you wanted to uh, to uh, get us started up with this week. What, what was that? Sure. Well, like Colin, uh, got a long commute and uh, listened to a whole slew of podcasts and, of course, listened to us. What? Um, <laughs> But, uh, torture, you know, torture. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Hey, at least it keeps me awake. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, God, his voice is like, <laughs> oh, you know, hands, nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, but, uh, so many of the podcasts that I listen to are, you know, kind of inner interview based. And, um, listening to the Nerdist podcast with uh, Chris Hardwick, and he was recently interviewing um, Ethan Hawke. And it was a great interview, and it was amazing to kind of, like, listen to this guy talk about his craft. And, you know, he's just like, well, that's what kind of keeps me going. And, and, you know, as in just that one little phrase kind of, like, popped out. Um, And it was more because I started to think about it because... You know, here, Neil, you know, he's going through a pretty big transition in his career um, later in life. But, um, and, uh, <laughs> anyway, so. To, a, to what? <laughs> oh, We're going to cut that part out of the show. <laughs> anyway. If so, you want to edit it, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we'll so, you know, I mean, here, you know, this is a big change for him. You know, he's going from working on his own to working for a firm. And, you know, there's lots of adjustments and things like that. And, 
And there's a lot of times when people are making changes like this that sometimes they just choose to move on and get out of the profession because, as we all know, it's a tough profession. And um, we keep coming back. And what I was curious about is what keeps us going? I mean, Neil, what made you decide, and I don't want to pick on you here, but I mean... did enough of that in the last episode. We didn't pick on you, did we? Not picking on me. Dang, I missed my opportunity then. Um, But, uh, you know, so... this episode. Well, but, you know, okay, so I was there. Uh, Evan's been there. You know, we've, everybody, all three of us have, have worked for ourselves at one point in time in our career. And then we've gone on to go back and work for a larger firm and stuff. And the transition's pretty hard. And, and like we said last week, you know, you're full of so much doubt about, oh, you know, did I fail or did I do this and that? And a lot of times people, no matter if it's our career or, you know, other careers, when they're faced with things like that, people tend to give up and try something else or move on or whatever. But all three of us in, in countless hundreds, thousands more in the profession who've done similar things, we keep coming back. And we keep coming back because there's something that we love about the profession that just keeps us going. And I kind of, you know, listening to this this interview with uh, Ethan Hawke and about just listening to his energy and stuff, every time we talk about architecture, whether it's pre-show, whether it's on the show, whether we're with our friends or whatever, we always talk about architecture with such passion and such, you know, emotion that there's something that we love about this thing that keeps us coming back no matter how much it you know beats us down sometimes we love it enough to come back and so i was just curious what is the, what is it that kind of kept and i'm going to direct this directly to you neil first is like what kept you going especially in the hard times that's a that's, <laughs> that's a difficult question i um if I had to, you know, answering that honestly, it's what I know how to do. Um, there's, there's some things I know how to do and there's other, a whole lot of other things I don't know how to do, or maybe I just don't want to do. Um, but no, I think it's, it's, um, uh, it, it's, it's what I know how to do and it doesn't seem, I mean, it, it's work, but it's, um, um, but it's something I can do. And, and it doesn't seem like work. I don't know that, that maybe that doesn't no, make that, any no, sense. That's, that, but, no, 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 that's it. That's, you know, but, you know, so distill that essence of what, so it's a job. We all get paid for it, right? Sure. But, but, and we, I think it's come out, you know, in sumer, numerous talks and numerous conversations throughout the years is, but it's not just job. There's, there's more to it than that. And that's it's not just drawing a paycheck. I mean, anybody can get a job that just draws a paycheck and then they, they go home, they shed off, you know, their, their work outfit and they can leave it all behind. And I, I I think that we've made it perfectly clear. There's no way we leave it behind. Even if we've like detached or we're on vacation or we're, we don't really ever leave it behind. So I'm just, I I think you're onto something by going a little bit further. Let me try to, strain a little bit more out of you. Well, I think um, we all care about what we do. I think we all care about the built environment. And uh, I think that's what helps keep us going. Uh, at least maybe keeps me going. 
Um, I just, I care about what I do and I can do it and, uh, and I want to do it. And so that's, that's part of it. Um, I, you know, I, I think if, if I had to do something else, I really wouldn't know what else to do with my, my life. <laughs> I've been doing this for a while now. So, uh, I guess if I had to start over again, you know, what would I, uh, going back to high school, um, uh, what is it? The counselor, you know, what are you going to do with your life? Here's what you're good at. And there are, there's tests, you know, that kind of will help you figure out, uh, you know, what you're good at or what you're going to want to, maybe what you can, what, what, you know, how am I trying to say this? Um, you know, what, what you can do, but, um, or, uh, that you're, do you have talents for, yeah, but I think for me, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's what I can do. And, and, um, you know, there's times I enjoy it and then there's other times I don't, I mean, not everything goes well every single day, but, uh, you know, that, that's, that's kind of what keeps me going. It's, it's what I can do and, and it's what I've been doing and it's kind of all I know how to do. Hmm. I mean, what that's kind you, of the start. What about you, Evan? What kind of? drives you to keep going, especially when faced with challenges and, and, and hardships or whatever else, you know, kind of daily things that are being thrown at you? Yeah, it's, it's not an easy question to answer. I guess on one level it is, but, but to really think about it, it's, it is not an easy question to answer because it's so varied. I mean, really for me, I love learning new stuff and I don't, I don't necessarily mean new facts or even new new ways to do things I, I, it's hard to explain i what what i love is i love the process that i go through when i'm working on a building when i'm designing a building and the things that i learn um that i would not would never have come to the surface if i haven't if i hadn't been engaged in that process and because it's there are there there's an easy way to design a building and then there's like the way that I design a building. <laughs> and I don't mean that like those are mutually exclusive. I just mean oh, yeah. that that they're I I hear it all the time. Well, why'd you do it like that when you could have just done it like this? And that's what I think is something that's so interesting about architecture and I guess any art form if you want to put those into one category. Um where it's it I've always been intrigued by the fact that if two people were to take on the exact same project it would come out completely differently. Completely differently. Like like there might not be one thing that's the same. I mean, you know what I mean by that? It's yeah. it's oh, yeah. so and to me that becomes more and more apparent the the further I go on is is I don't know why I get to do what I get to do and why my decisions get to become the ones that and I'm not saying that I'm the only one working on these projects. That's far from the truth. There's big teams involved, but when I have this design intent and it gets built like that's ridiculous to me. And I don't know why I am the one who gets to say that um, because it it just blows my mind that that I'm the person who's trusted with that pencil to initiate those ideas or to synthesize those ideas or to synthesize all the stuff that I hear from all the different users and the the people who aren't even the users but are decision makers. Um, and and you put all that together and you come up with a thing that finally gets built and and what keeps me going. Honestly, like the big, the big thing that keeps me going is when I walk into it for the first time. And I don't even mean the finished product. I just mean like once the steel's up or once, once oh, yeah. primary structure's up, it's like, holy crap, I'm totally getting away with something. And I've posted some pictures on Instagram and 
on my website or whatever. I mean, recently I have an elementary school under construction, and I walk into the multi-purpose room, and it's got these big Alaskan yellow cedar beams, and and there it's like, holy crap! I can't believe they're actually building this. I totally got away with something. And even my friend Mark, he commented, "I think we got away with something here." Because you look at it, and it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's this perfect space, and these kids are going to love it. And and even even the superintendent of the school has said when he goes, you know, people, parents ask me all the time, what is it going to be like? Because before it even started construction, it was in planning for a while and construction documents and all that stuff. And it's at the state and waiting and waiting and waiting. And everybody's like, what's it going to be like in the anticipations building? And he says, he goes, I tell him, it's a school you've always dreamed of. And nice. for me to hear that and then to walk into this thing while it's under construction just blows my mind. And I, I just can't wait to do it again. And then I can't wait to do it again. And every project is completely different, different set of clients, different set of rules, different set of constraints, different team that I work with in the office. There's, there's nothing better than that to me. Both of you guys actually touched on you know, some of what I thought would be my responses if, if the question were asked to me. Um, Cormac. <laughs> okay. What keeps yes. you going, Cormac? <laughs> so, Are you glad okay. I asked? You, why, thank you. Yeah. That's a very interesting question you asked there. <laughs> um, the, the thing that I find so enjoyable about it is the challenge. And it's, you know, obviously it's the challenge of, you know, the, the constraints of the, of different clients and, or the different constraints and the different clients and things like that. But it's the, the challenge of being able to immerse yourself in not only the built environment, but in somebody else's process, their life, their, um, you know, what, what they do, you know I mean? we may not be doctors, but we get to work with doctors, you know, when we're developing like a healthcare center or a hospital or something like that, we may, we may not be teachers, but we get to work with teachers and see their passions and see what it is that drives them and keeps them coming back when we're designing um, a new school and to be able to shape the thing that houses the opportunities for other people to do their jobs is absolutely the coolest thing that I could ever possibly imagine doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, I'm working on, and did I ever think um, six months ago before I changed jobs that I would be working on a chemistry building with a bunch of radial, nuclear, and laser-based chemistry um, scientists? No, not at all. But here I am learning about weird little things like microvibration and how it affects the instruments that they do their research on and how the instruments that they do their research on is the ground is is the basis for some subatomic level uh, biological research and how that biological research then feeds off to something else. And here I am. I'm helping shape their surroundings so that they can help somebody else do something else and do something else. And we're a part of it. We may not be the guy sitting there staring under the microscope and stuff, but we're helping facilitate that guy to actually be doing that. And it's so cool. I mean, I I think one of the most enriching and rewarding things that I had ever done 
um, was when I took an old building that everybody went to school, you know, or went to work every day in a 118 year old building. And it was just beat up, worn out, run down. And it, it just, it was there. It had some character, but it was kind of tired. And you could see that in the looks of the people who went and worked there every day. They just, they were kind of over it. They were just really, it, it was, it was something they just didn't like it, yeah. whatever. Um, and then, so five years of my life was spent dedicated to basically resurrecting that building, reshaping the building, but trying to at least keep the essence of the building. What, you know, was the real character of the building and then reshaping it for them so that they can essentially take this 118 year old building and teach for another 118 years. And so when, you know, some of these teachers came in and they actually started crying, not because it's still around, you know, <laughs> but that it's it's the essence of what they know, but it was so much better. And they like they they started crying and then they came up and they hugged me because they loved it, you know. Well, that's and how you know it's like, architecture right there. And that's you know you that's created how an emotional response in people it, through the built environment. It's I I was awesome. absolutely amazed at how many times people were like crying over like when they when the librarian walked into her new library when she was in this small tiny box and made do for you know almost a decade in this tiny little room um, just with everything on top of her and stuff like that and then. I tripled, you know, quadrupled the space, but then it had this panoramic view of the state capitol building all the way to the U.S. Naval Academy and the water and everything else. And, you know, she walks into this thing and it was like kind of like heavenly music started to play. And, <laughs> and she just, she started, I, I looked at her and I could just see the tears welling up in her eyes. And she's just like, it's amazing. I love this place. She goes, I'm never quitting this place. I never, <laughs> I will never transfer from this place. They will have to drag me out of this place. And it was just like, okay, that's what keeps me going. Because at the end of the day, what I do had an effect on that person's life. As weird as it sounds, I mean, we may not think, you know, when we're in the trenches doing the DDs and CDs and cranking out specs and all this other stuff, how it's really going to affect it. Because, you know, Neil, you were talking about there's those good days and those bad days and, you know, and there's a lot of like just ugh days in, you know, putting together a set of construction documents and stuff. But mm -hmm. it's, as you said, Evan, it's when you get out there and you start to see it take shape, the, you see the steel that you had envisioned in your head when you were doing that little sketch, you know, and how it all comes together and then the user group comes in and they're just filled with wonder. They're like, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Or, you know, the, the quote that you used about what, this is the greatest school yeah. or that I've ever imagined, or, or I'm sorry, I got the quote wrong, but, it's okay. but I mean, it was just like, and that's, you know, that to me is the, is the, just the driving force, mm -hmm. you know, cause at the end of the day, <laughs> we get to create. Exactly. Yep. And I, I don't, I don't know, really know how to explain, you know, any other feeling. I mean, parents, 
You know, it's it's almost it's almost like that to be quite honest with you. Well, these these are our babies. Yeah. These are our babies. I mean, you know, these are there's there's whereas you know you know I guess you know when you're a, a parent you know you don't really have a say in how once the baby's you know out there you know it's, you know it's all influenced and in, in everything else you know it's just an amazing thing. You know, I was looking at my sons. You know, my my middle child just turned 13 and I'm looking at him, I'm looking at baby pictures and I'm like, wow, how'd I get here? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. And, um, but then, you know, you, and, and it's almost that, ex- that same kind of amazement when you're standing there and you, you know, maybe you've spent like the project as a whole that I spent five years on mm-hmm. where it was eight years in the making. Yep. So for eight years, people and literally like, you know, that's the life of my daughter right now. And, over the course of eight years, I've seen my daughter go from a baby to just this, you know, wonderful little girl. And in that same time, a building has been trying to be built. Got to have a lot of patience. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and when it, when it was finally built and, you know, the emotion that it struck and that, and, you know, I was even getting like people in historic downtown Annapolis were saying, you know, this is a great, you know, this is. This is a great kind of like rebirth of a building that, you know, more or less just had no real part in, you know, our neighborhood because it was just a building that looked like it was falling in on itself to now, you know, be, you know, really kind of revibrating, reinvigorating. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's, it's, you know, the next day for me, you guys are still working in yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, you know where I was going. I'll give you a pass. Thanks. But, um, you know, hey, did I tell you I'm uh, working on a permit set and I've got no sleep? <laughs> you of all people. Me of all people. Yeah. No. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's again, like I said, and I've, I've been droning on about it, but honestly, that, that really, to me, um, anytime I start talking about um, that excitement, I, we had a, at a, friend of mine from work who he came into the office uh he was in um he went took a short little family like three i think it was like five day kind of like a little road trip with his family uh you know kind of stopped into new york and went up to boston and you know tooled around and looked at he went to exeter and he went to um you know a couple of different places and you know a couple of different buildings at harvard and and um uh you know seen a whole bunch of like H.H. Richardson's work and it was just the the look on his face and how invigorated he was yeah. when he um when he was looking at this thing and, and and he was talking about you know how much he appreciates um Khan and then he was talking about just this feeling that he gets every time he visits and he's I guess made a pilgrimage or two to uh the Salk Institute and I remember and I started telling him stories about how you you were telling me stories about how invigorated you were yep. when you were at the sulk. And that's what we're, that's what we hope for. Yep. Right. You know, yep. at the end of the day, that's kind of what we hope for. A lot of times we may not, you know, hit a home run with some of the buildings that we do. You know, they they may be they're They're good, but are they great? You know, we may not think so, but we're usually our worst critics and stuff like that. But honestly, it's, you know, when we can really kind of, see these buildings and be a part of that whole process and say people may not think about where they walk and what they do every day and all that other stuff, but we do. Yep. Totally. It's 
Hey, well, let's uh, let's take a quick break and talk about how some of this gets done. How about something that will help you get it done? You know, we're all pretty busy, and sometimes we feel like we could use another hand, you know, to help out, right? So how would you like someone to help you out to draw CAD details? Maybe even create some of those BIM objects all you guys are doing in Revit? How about maybe writing specifications for you? I, you know, Cormac, you do a lot of that. <laughs> uh, that that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But how about if somebody helps you do this? How about you get this quote unquote, and yes, I'm doing air quotes, assistance to do some of this work for you for free. RCAT is your answer. And RCAT has already done this work for you. Search the RCAT libraries for CAD, BIM, specs, catalogs, videos, and more. All of this content is created for you free of charge with no registration required. Stop registering on sites for content. Just come to RCAT and find what you need. RCAT has created a website devoted to you, the building professional, to find building product information fast and hassle-free. Check out RCAT today at ARCAT.com. And again, thanks to RCAT for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. And even if you're a student, you can go to ArcCat, find out about some of the stuff that you're, you know, materials that you're designing with. This is how you find out, because this is what you will be doing when you get out in the field and, or I should say, get out into the, you know, into the profession. This is the resource you're going to be using. So get used to it now and be checking it out and, uh, you know, maybe impress some of your uh, classmates or your instructors by you know, referring to something that's real. So, oh, and trust me. Definitely, definitely recommend it. So, go check out ARCAT at ARCAT.com. And, like I said, you know, I'm working towards a uh, permit submission and, uh, you know, realizing that I'm missing a, a detail or two. And sure enough, what was the, where was the first place I went? ARCAT. And sure enough, what did I, what was I able to do? pull down a Revit, you know, a Revit family to uh, drop into my model and, and actually help get that detail done. Um, I mean, it, you know, the, the read does say it best that, you know, it's a, it's essentially a one-stop shop and, and um, they know as well as we do that you can't find everything there. And the great thing about RCAT is, is if you can't find it there, let them know. And they'll make sure that they can get it there. But you'd be surprised at how much stuff is actually there. You know, if you're looking, and we were looking for recessed paneled uh, um, garage doors. And where did we go? Right there. Because we could find everything that we needed. We were missing some details. We found all the details that we needed there. We were missing the spec. We found the spec there. Why reinvent the wheel when the wheel's out there for you and just... You can get out there and you can turn it and find what you need. Our cat is the architect's set of wheels. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Hey, but you know, something you uh, both of you mentioned uh, in, in talking about what kind of drives you is something I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say I need to do this more. Um, but I think it's a great suggestion for everybody listening is that uh, getting out and, and seeing some architecture. Oh yeah. Um, uh, you guys both uh, mentioned, or you mentioned the Salk Institute. I, I think one of the things um, that I remember 
you know, fondly is, is getting out and seeing architecture. I mean, when I lived in Europe, um, you were surrounded by, you know, a lot of, I wouldn't say always great, but certainly much different architecture than what I was used to being experienced living here on the West coast or growing up out here on the West coast of the United States. So, um, you know, it, it's all very inspiring. And uh, so regardless of the type of work uh, that you do, maybe it's residential uh, or maybe it is uh, commercial or industrial, uh, get out and see, see something. And, and I think that's, that's something I need to do a little bit more of. And uh, that, that can kind of maybe take away from some of the, the drudgery that can come up during the, during the day, get out, go visit, go walk a project, uh, go get inspired by seeing something that, uh, uh, you know, uh, something of great architecture. I, I agree. I think, you know, a lot of people look look to websites and stuff for inspiration and they cruise through Arc Daily or Design or Design Milk or whatever. It And that's really just, you know, the digital equivalent of flipping through a magazine. I get I get magazine subscriptions and they come in the mail and I don't even open them up. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, but I do make time to go visit architecture, and I have a couple of blog posts on my site. I guess I'll include the links in the show notes. Um, one of them was going down to the Salk, and we hit Geisel Library at San Diego, and we went down to uh, the uh, Neurosciences Institute by Todd Williams, Billy Chen Architects. Man, it was just like, I, you know, I'm walking around with my camera, and my wife's with me, and she's off doing her thing because she knows that she can't stop me from taking pictures. And <laughs> I put together a slideshow so that I could inspire people in the office because they weren't with me. And, and I feel like, like it is our job to get out and experience architecture. Like we have to experience it so that we can create experiences for other people. Um, it's really difficult to do that when you're in the computer all the time, right? When yeah, you are exactly. staring at the blue light all day long, um, there, it's just you you don't have a good sense of scale. You've got to get in space and you've got to figure out how tall that thing is or how big that space is. And you've got to count joint lines and you've got to pace it off. And, and you've got to figure that stuff out for yourself so that you know what spaces feel like so that when you're designing them, they don't come out stupid. Right. It's just really important to get out there. I'm glad you brought that up, Neil, because it's huge to get out and experience architecture. And I, what you were talking about earlier, Cormac, when you said the librarian just started crying. And when I said, you know, you created an emotional response, that's how I know I'm in a piece of architecture, like capital A architecture is when it sits me on my butt and makes me say, Whoa, uh, that, (laughs) that to me is architecture. And I've experienced that many times and I'm amazed at the variation in the designs that will make that happen to me. And there's no shortage of it in urban areas. I think, you know, if you go to where you are, Cormac, I mean, it's happened to me many times there. It's happened at the Holocaust museum. It's happened at the national museum of art. It's happened to me at the Lincoln Memorial and all these places. And then you go to LA or Chicago or San Francisco. It happens all the time in other areas. You have to search for it and you've got to find it. I mean, I was out in Tempe, Arizona a few weeks ago and we were at a, at a conference, uh, my friend and I, and we hooked up with this landscape architect who said, I know where a Terrell Sky Space is. Let's go find it. And we walked out and we found it and we just sat there and we awesome. experienced that space. And it's an outdoor space and it was just phenomenal. And it was the first time 
that my friend had been to one of those. Um, luckily, we have one right here in our town, but it did not disappoint. And even though I've experienced that type of thing before, because it was different, it was in a different environment, and it was just an amazing, invigorating, inspiring thing to do uh, as an architect. So, did you, did you take your sketchbook? I did not have my sketchbook, but I had my my phone, and I took pictures. I took lots of pictures. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny is that even with somebody who is a prolific sketcher as myself, rarely ever does uh, architectural sketches, a lot of times I really just want to be in the space. I want to experience the space without sitting there and trying to, like, scribble it down. So, honestly, the phone, the camera in hand uh, is, to me, a good way to capture it, you know, and, and then just kind of, like, kind of keep the emotion of, of what it is as, as part of it. You know, I, I never, like I said, as much as I sketch, you know, I never really feel like I can capture the emotion that, you know, just the memory itself. And, and honestly, that to me is just as much of what you said, you know, Evan about capital architecture. I mean, that, that's how I know I'm in the right places when you know, it, it evokes an emotional response. I was, uh, I was thinking, you know, when you were, Neil, when you were talking about, you know, traveling around and seeing more architecture experience, different architecture and things like that. I always think about how when we were, when, and and I don't know if you guys felt this way, but when you're getting, you're going into school or you're in school or whatever, and they're like, oh, what are you studying? And look, well, you know, studying architecture. And they're like, oh, do you want to be the next Frank Lloyd Wright? And for some reason that always kind of turned me off on Frank Lloyd Wright. And I was just like, Ugh, I don't want to be like Frank Lloyd Wright, Frank Lloyd Wright. He's a hack, blah, blah, blah. And all this other stuff. It was only until I actually started experiencing his pl- the, this, all of his work and stuff and how, you know, how many different phases of, you know, of style and, and just the spaces that he created that I actually gained so much respect for this guy and so much like admiration for somebody who, you know, sure, he's a, a an interesting character and all of that other stuff. But, you know, you cannot deny that this guy did not create some really wonderful spaces and stuff. And, you know, sure, they were built for somebody his height, not my height, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I can you know, sympathize with that. I've but the thing about Frank's it, buildings. But the thing about it is, is that you really can't truly understand a space from a magazine from a, you know, from a web page. I mean, you may be able to, Ooh, that's pretty, you know, and, and you're, you know, you're reacting viscerally to the image that you see. We all know those images have all been Photoshopped anyway. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I bet you can't find a single air handling. Yeah, in I, was there. Gonna, I was just going to say, where's the air handlers? Exactly. But, you know, but that's, what's great about like getting out there because to bring it home to what, what kind of like, motivates you drives you and you know inspires you and stuff you know and kind of keeps you going um visiting other people's work and if if it's at the very least you know going there with a critical eye of either wow this is really good or oh mm, 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 man, what a miss or or what or not to do like, yeah or what not to do but you know what <laughs> to be quite honest with you that's just as much it's valuable of a value yeah, exactly is, is a value then as you know being completely blown away by it i i do appreciate being blown away a little bit more than you know like oh this is disappointing kind of but but still i mean there's 
there's valuable tools and valuable things to kind of keep you keep you going because you're like ah, I'm not going to do that space you know yeah but um you know yeah you can't under underscore the value of getting out there and really kind of experience other people's work because that's what motivates me to kind of do better it's like you know wow I really thought that the last project I did was was good but I'm looking at this and what well, this is this is what good is here's the definition of good and what I did. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of, I do kind of obsess over good, over good design. It's, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes I even get, you know, I won't say clinically, but I, I do get depressed over bad design Yeah, about like, wow, I appreciate the pretty as base as that sounds. I really appreciate the pretty. And I, I think that being able to be motivated to help create the pretty is, is, is a is a driving force for me too. Again, we're kind of lucky to have some a bunch of really high end colleges right here in our town. There's five right. or six of them, and um, yeah, when you came out and visited, we kind of walked Ugh. around a few of them, right? Yeah. And and just to be able to walk through a Raphael Vignoli project is to many people it might just be some boxes stacked on top of each other, but to me, it's like oh my god, like how did they connect the tread to the railing to the you know, to the guardrail, to, that's all glass. And the, just those fine details that make me, not everybody, but I I want to be able to pull that off. And I can really appreciate what has been put into the thoughtfulness of that design. And to be able to walk it, and again, not just look at it in a magazine, is the difference to me between what keeps me going and just something to pass the time Two completely different experiences yeah. for me. Something else I'd like to mention too, that, that kind of helps and I don't know, inspire, inspire me, but then also keeps me going is, um, it, working with others in the office. Um, for instance, you know, or collaborating maybe with others in the office to solve those problems, to come up with that, uh, hopefully, you know, great design or a good design, right? Um, that can be inspiring too. Yeah. Like if you're banging your head against a problem or something's just not working, you're trying to figure something out, you go talk to a colleague in the office and they go, well, you know, let's look at it this way. Uh, or, you know, what if, did you, uh, you know, you, you have the, you have the pieces here and, and one little tweak or just a different perspective. And suddenly you're like, oh yeah, that's it. That we're creating something. And that you process, yeah. yeah, you kind of figured it out. And that, that process can be very inspiring. So you can, you can get that from other people that you work with, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that helps. I had that experience, uh, you know, the, just the other day. So, um, you know, and that can give you a really good feeling and hopefully brush away some of that depression that, uh, you get from the, from the bad stuff <laughs> or from something that's not good. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, let's take a, a second out of the show here to give a warm welcome to our new sponsor, DBI, which is David Brown International. And I know everybody's been waiting to hear what DBI is since Neil first talked about them at the beginning of the show. So let's talk about them. Finding the right talent to join your firm in this exceptionally competitive market can feel like an impossible task. I know this is something that we talk about in our office all the time. Uh, the talent war is on, and that's that's we talk about that a lot. With everything you already have to do to run your business every day, you need a trusted partner that knows your industry and has a proven track record of success. 
DPI is the global leader in executive recruiting and consulting for the architecture and interior design industry. With unmatched industry knowledge and a vast network of world class architecture and design leaders, influencers, and talent, DBI provides global recruiting, staffing, and strategy. Does your firm need to hire talent? Is your in house HR team looking for support? Perhaps you want to build a brand designed to attract talent on your own? DBI understands the importance of having the right design talent in the right job at the right time. Their professional team ensures that every search is tailored to the specific needs of your firm. DBI is dedicated to delivering the highest quality results. So whether you're an architecture or design firm interested in finding your next great hire or you are an architect that is looking to make the next career move, so we're hitting everybody here who's listening to this podcast, DBI is the right partner to help you find success. Learn more and contact the team at DBI today at their website, www.dbifirm, that's David Brown International Firm, dot com, or call 888-774-9161. That's 888-774-9161. And we'll have all of the contact information for them in the show notes and on the episode page of our site. So if you miss that, you can always check there. At DBI, as they say, placement is everything. So check out DBI. Let them know that you heard about them on ArcaSpeak and uh, see what options are available to you in your area. Thanks, DBI, for becoming a sponsor of the ArcaSpeak podcast, and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, this is good. I think everybody who listens to this show can uh, can get something out of uh, contacting them or checking out their website. So, Cormac, what other sort of things inspire you? that, that, uh, keep you going. I think there's something I know. I think your sketches keep you going. They do. Um, but that's kind of a, I guess in a way that it's always been a little cathartic metal break. I think, I think Cormac sketches keep other people going. (laughs) (laughs) I know I I like them. I think they honestly do. I'm not, I'm not joking. You know what? It was actually funny is that I was talking to a friend of my sister's when I was down in Florida, not too long ago. And they're like, you know, I miss uh, seeing your daily sketch. You know, you you should start doing those daily sketches. And <laughs> you should work harder, Cormac. <laughs> I was I was explaining to him like, you know, as as much as I enjoyed doing them, it got it's work really to kind of well. And when you have that, that daily. pressure of that daily thing, man, yeah. that's tough. That's tough to do. I, I found myself in 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 you know in, in what he was referring to was just my uh, the little daily post-it note and. And those things may only be three inch by three inches, but you know, to, it's still a blank page that you've got to fill. And I found myself sometimes sitting on the couch, like <laughs> stressing at, out at eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> like I really got to get this thing done before midnight. And I always made like this pact that I got to get it done and posted before midnight, or yeah. it didn't count. That's and, why you got to spend like a, a like an hour on a Saturday and do five or six of them. <laughs> well, but see, that was another peck that I made with myself is I would not draw ahead. I would li- I would I would force myself cuz it's it's a it's a rigor that I was kind of missing is trying to, you know, that that whole stick to it, you know, cuz I would always start a drawing and then stop a drawing and never really finish a drawing. And in this particular case, it was all about one. I was kind of getting back into drawing because I hadn't drawn for like 
I don't know, years and years. And he used to walk around with a sketchbook all the time, but it never, you know, I'd, I'd never finish a sketchbook before. I'd always like leave it, you know, half filled with half drawn stuff. And, you know, I was like, you know, if I'm going to start this up, I'm going I'm to you know, become a completist all of a sudden. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it really kind of pushed myself to, again, start small with the three by threes. And, and what's interesting, though, is that, you know, you may not see them all, you know, I'll post everything, but I do fill my sketchbooks. I've actually filled, um, I always weirdly, I start a sketchbook and then I put it down and I start another sketchbook and put it down. But, you know, like the, uh, sketchbook that I got for free from the AIA, uh, conference last year, mm -hmm. uh, it's completely filled and uh, another one that I started around the same time that one's filled and I've filled like, you know, probably about four of them since, you know, kind of like the last time we all met, wow. um, you know, and, uh, I just got a new sketchbook and just started breaking it in. And unfortunately, um, <laughs> I, uh, haven't been able to finish the sketch that I started, uh, cause, uh, Say something about that permit submission. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that I'm working at a permit submission. I was going to say yeah. you're uh, you're recording a podcast, but sometimes yeah. you you sketch when we're recording. So yeah. sometimes I do. <laughs> Not that. So I don't. Cormac, I'm curious: is there a place somebody can go to see that year of sketches that you did? Don't you have a Flickr page or something? I have a Flickr, Tumblr. Um, what is the uh, Wow, I've forgotten it. What's the? We'll just throw it in the Yahoo, show notes. Yahoo we'll, we'll throw it in the show notes. Yeah, but basically, Flickr. Yeah. Okay, Flickr and Tumblr, and but mostly you can just go to my uh, Instagram page because that's where they all, that's where they all start. I. Oh post, yeah, yeah. I post them on Instagram and then have it mass, uh, post everywhere else. Yeah. And then um, you can also see, like, you know, my photographs uh been getting really into, um, you know, kind of doing the black and whites. Um, yeah. Kind of inspired awesome. by uh, the stuff that you do, Evan. Because yeah, I know that you are extraordinarily into and very good at uh, photography. Thanks, man. I, I was going to talk a little bit about something that keeps me going or got me going over the weekend. I, I rarely have time to, like, sit around and watch TV, but... Man, I watched uh, Citizen Architect this weekend for the first time. Damn, and... I thought you were going to say Daredevil. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw it on there. Um, it it was just one of those there, – there's lots of architectural documentaries that make me rethink my life. <laughs> <laughs> and this was one of them, man. It was – and it re really reminded me of being at the AIE convention last year and going to the Auburn alumni know, the alumni event. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say reunion, but that's not right. Uh, I, it was for you. It um, was for me. <laughs> but uh, man, it, when they played that short film there, I just I felt something. And I guess I guess that's maybe the theme here for me is like this inner uh, excitement, longing, yearning. Uh, and, and to me, that's how, you know, you're really connected to something. Right. And, and Neil, even when you were in the very beginning talking about, um, it's what, you know, it, it really just reminded me of relationships. And I honestly have this crazy relationship with architecture. Right. And, and sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's the worst thing ever. And, um, but we keep coming back to it. 
And so when I watched this film over the weekend, I think I texted you guys <laughs> right when it was done. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm wasting my life. I honestly felt like if I could do anything, I want to be involved in something like that. I want to be involved in something that, and I, I know it's not like all rosy all the time. It just makes me feel like there is this connection to the work and this connection to the universe that I just don't have every single day. And uh, it's not like I'm going to go out and change my career right away, but there's there are things like that and there are projects and there are movies that I watch that aren't architectural documentaries where I just feel like uh, I'm not exactly in the right spot, but this thing gave me a glimpse of what that could be for me. Right, right. And so, like I said, it's not just this particular documentary, like it's certain movies that I see where I'm just like blown away by that somebody made this thing. Um, a lot of times it's me listening to music by myself with the set of headphones on where it's just so perfect and it is such the right time to hear what I heard um, mm-hmm. that that it I I have that artistic longing to make something that has that much meaning for me and for other people. Well, you know, I, I even got that when I was out um, with you guys at a MDC, and uh, you know, I was we going to bring you up. To, to, I was going to bring that up. We were listening to Rand Elliott, and this yep. guy de- delivers this, you know, this lecture. I mean, it wasn't really a lecture, just a presentation of his work. And but the thing that was so amazing is is the passion that he brought to just showing why he does what he does, kind of reinvigorates you and kind of almost reintroduces you to that spark that got you going yeah you know and you i i I told you guys it i felt like it was it it felt to me as i was as charged and like amped up as i was coming out of a rocky movie i wanted to go punch some architecture you know (laughs) (laughs) it was it was awesome i mean it was just like yeah come on let's go beat something up (laughs) it's that total like uh connection when all of the th- the right things happen at exactly the right time and and you just feel it like it's the buzz in the air it's the energy in the room it's all it's all that stuff coming together at that one time where it's just like this is why i do what i do this is why this is what i aspire to do this right. is what i want to do better um and i'm gonna do that starting now that kind of a that kind of a feeling and when we have that connection with architecture it's just like you know, I'm watch I'm watching a documentary on the Foo Fighters, and they have it with their music. I mean, there's oh, yeah. so many examples of this kind of a thing where I think it all does come back to this creative process that we're really intimately involved with, and you know, it is total relationship status kind of a thing. Very cool stuff. I mean, that that really to me, when you said let's talk about what keeps us going, uh, I definitely thought about that talk at MDC by Rand Elliott. That was, yeah. it was so amazing. And, and every time I go to the MDC, there's one of those, it's like, okay, this is why I came to this. <laughs> and, and you can't get that anywhere else. I mean, yeah, it was perfectly, it was so awesome. Everything was, I mean, the setting, the people, you know, everything about it, you know, and just like at MDC, you know, all people those... are probably wondering what MDC is. It's Monterey Design Conference in California. It's every two years. So uh, there you go. So yeah. 
Yeah, the Monterey Design Conference. So when we were there and, and we were just at that, the actual place, it was all held and just like all of these different, you know, buildings, you know, that just kind of, you know, were arranged just so that, you know, there was like these nice little like gathering spaces that were kind of like off the beaten path. And, you know, you just could sit there and have good conversation. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how many times we had conversations with people that we had never met him before, you know, and, and all that other stuff, but they shared a like mind that we did, you know, and we just kind of got talking about architecture yeah. and, you know, that right there alone, just the spontaneous conversation about architecture kind of let you know that you're, you know, that, you know, one, you're not alone. Um, and two, that, you know, there's people out there that kind of get your, your neuroses kind of get your, you know, understand you and understand why, you know, looking at a door or looking at a window or looking at a whole building and stuff kind of like charges you up and says, yeah, that's great. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Stuff that other people look at you and go like, you're crazy. Really? Yeah. You know, that's just a doorknob, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we, we're all energized now and it's time to go to bed. No. So. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> let's, go <laughs> let's go punch something. Let's go punch. Well, let's, let's not go... Let's 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 go punch the website of our our sponsors. How about that? Let's let's big shout out and thanks to Arcat at a r c a t dot com and to uh, DBI David Brown International at dbifirm dot com. So thank them both for sponsoring this episode of Arcaspeak and visit our website at arcaspeakpodcast dot com for links to our catalog of episodes. You can also sign up for our newsletter that includes links to everything we mentioned in the episode, and we don't ever spam you with anything else, just that newsletter. Between episodes, join the conversation by leaving comments at arcaspeakpodcast.com for each episode, or on our Facebook page, or even through Twitter. Links can be found by visiting the site at arcaspeakpodcast.com. Hey, I have a, I have a quick little uh, thing that we should we should plug the mug. You know what I'm saying? Plug the mug. Plug yes. the mug. If Absolutely. you need a coffee mug, you should check out the Arcaspeak coffee mug because uh, it's architecture is the happy poop. That's what my kid said. Does that mean architecture is the happy poop? <laughs> <laughs> it is the happy poop. It is. So uh, go over to arcaspeakpodcast.com slash store, and on that page you'll see various items, including the mug. So check it out. And that's it for me. Get your happy poop. Get your happy poop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. It's a slow road that you have to walk in. You can start now or you can hang your head in despair. It's the only road to take you there.